Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. Um, We're talking today in Core 52, and if you're not familiar with Core 52, it is the 52 things you need to know from God's Word, Uh, and Mark Moore has written a book. You can pick that up out there. We're in chapter 4. We're not going through in order, and we're in a series called Getting Right. Last week was about the fall. It was about the fracture, how we lost Shalom, and today is about how we begin getting right with God and coming back. And and so we're going to be looking in Genesis 15 a little bit, but we're going to be talking about... uh, Uh, about basically what I would call positioning ourselves for success. My son and his family just got a new dog. They got a black Labrador retriever. It's a used dog. It's two years old, okay? Uh, And and, uh, it flunked out of drug sniffing school, okay? I don't know if it sniffed too many drugs. I don't know what the problem with the dog was. Uh, I think they said it was a little bit too playful. And so they got this dog for absolutely nothing. So it was a, uh, it probably will be good for nothing too, probably. But uh, that's, that's a whole other story. But this is what I believe. I believe you can learn a lot from dogs. And, uh, and this is a picture of my favorite lab, uh, Splash the Wonder Dog. Now, Splash the Wonder Dog taught me an important lesson. And it's what I would call positioning for success. If there was food being prepared at our house, she would be there ready to catch anything that might hit the floor. It would never hit the floor if she were there. And, and, and she would be near the table. And sometimes if my kids didn't like food, it was intentionally dropped and she would gobble it up and all the evidence would be gone. And so that, that's the, the lesson I learned is if you position yourself correctly, you can have success. I played high school football. I weighed all of 115 and was 5'6 five, five, at the time. And I learned how to position for success when I played football. I wasn't very good, I'll be honest with you. Tenth grade, and the, the way you position for success is just like number 12 there. He's standing right near the coach. Now let me tell you how that works. In high school football, in case you don't know, the guys are more interested about the girls in the stand than what's happening on the field. Are, are they looking at their muscles? Are they talking about what they're going to do? Are they adjusting their equipment? Okay, and, and it's time for them to be on the field, and they would forget to go out. And who would the coach turn and see? Mike. Mike, get in there and play. I played, I think, just about every position at one point in time. But the whole point is this, is that I positioned myself to play. I only played one year because it about killed me. But that's it, positioning. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is how to position ourselves for success. In fact, it's called being under God's covenant by the scriptural name. And so this is, this is what I'm going to tell you today. This is the sermon in a sentence. And so if you get this down, you'll have it. Blessings will come when we live our lives God's way. Blessings will come when you and I live our lives God's way. That, that's just the way it's going to happen. So today we're going to talk about how to position for success, how to live under the covenant. Three words that I want you to remember. The first one is covenant. The second one is trust. And the third one is blessings. Okay? The first one is covenant. The second one is trust. And the third one is blessings. What's the third one? You guys are good. Repeat them with me. 
I can't even get them right. <laughs> Here we go. Covenant, trust, blessings. One more time. Covenant, trust, and blessings. Let's jump in and talk about covenant. Covenant is when we agree to do things God's way. Covenant is when we agree to do th- way, things God's way. Some people say, well, covenant is just like a contract. They're nothing alike, okay? Let me explain to you. A contract, two people negotiate the term. So if I'm trying to get in a contract with you, can I tell you what I'm going to do? I'm going to try to take advantage of you because I want all the blessing myself, okay? And that's just the way it works. We negotiate contracts, and we're doing the best we can to come out good on it, okay? In a covenant, it's a little bit different. God establishes the covenant, and he establishes the covenant on our behalf and for our good. So when you enter a covenant with God, you will be blessed. Thus, the the sermon says, blessings will come when we live God's way. And so I want you to understand this whole idea of covenant. Let me give you the rules of covenant. This This is how God does it. The first one is, the greater of the two parties... And that's always God. The greater of the two parties establishes the conditions. Okay? So, so what God does, he says, I'm going to enter a, an agreement with you. Here is what you get, and here is what you do. Now, the good thing about this is God wants to do what's best for us. And so when he establishes a covenant, if we follow it, we will be blessed. The second part of this is is that the covenant is really good if you follow it because you are going to be blessed, okay? The, the second one, it says there are, there are rewards if the covenant is kept and punishment if it is not, okay? Rewards and punishment. I'm all about the rewards. I'm not too much on the punishment. Let's go to Genesis 15 real quickly. Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant, and this is a covenant that God established with Abraham. He says, I want to bless you, and I want to make you a great nation. And what you need to do is trust me and follow me. Okay? That, that's the covenant. And so this is what God did. He said, I want you to understand this covenant and how important it is. So what he did is he took five animals and split them in half. And they laid one half here and one half here. And then God and Abraham walked through these animals. And the idea is that if either one of us, if either one of us breaks the covenant, let us be like these animals, split in half. It's pretty serious stuff. But if we follow the covenant, there is all sorts of blessings. So there's punishment and there's blessings. And the third thing is covenants were almost always sealed, almost always sealed by blood. There would be blood that would would be shed. In the case of Abraham's covenant, it was circumcision. I'm not going to get into that with you today. But in the case of God's salvation covenant with you and I, it was Jesus who shed blood that we celebrated earlier in communion. So, Covenants are serious. I want you to see what it says in Jeremiah. It's kind of interesting. He says, those who have violated my covenant and have not fulfilled the terms of the covenant they made before me, I will treat them like the calf they cut in two and then, and then walk between its pieces. That, that's, that's harsh. But that's how serious God is about the covenant. Why is he so serious about the covenant? Because he wants to bless us. 
And if we'll do what he says, we will be blessed. But, but still, even at that, some people don't want to, to enter a covenant with God. But I think if you understand who God is and who the maker of the covenant is, it may help you. So I, I want to tell you about God, the maker of the covenant. The very first thing you need to understand there is God loves us more than we love ourselves. God loves us more than we love ourselves. And just to understand this, God created you. God created me, okay? And then what did we do? We turned our back on him and said, we want to do what we want to do. And so what did he do? He bought us back with the blood of Jesus Christ, his son. That shows a lot of love. He actually loves us more than we love, love ourselves. So when you have somebody that loves you that much, wouldn't you want to enter a covenant with them? Because you, you would think they would want the best for you. On top of that, the second point about God the maker is that he knows what is best for us. He knows and wants what is best for us. He created us. You, you need to understand, he created you and he knows what's best for you. He created me and he knows what's best for me. And it's a lot like having the owner's manual. When you look at it, it tells you how things are going to work out the best. And this is so important that if we would just understand that he knows what's best, and if we would listen to him, then we would be blessed. The last thing I want you to see is God has the power. God has the power to provide what's best for us. It happens so many times, and I'm sure it happens to you. There are those times in our lives when we come in contact with somebody that we would love to help but we don't have the resources, we don't have the means, and we don't have the power. That will never happen with our God. He loves us, he knows what's best for us, and he can always bless us and help us if we will allow him to do it. Okay? That's covenant. That's agreeing to do things God's way. And you know what? It, it shouldn't be a problem, but for us to do that, that means we have to trust him. That's the second word. The first one was covenant, and, and the next one is trust. And when we trust, that's how we stay faithful to the covenant. Covenant is about having a relationship with people. Let me tell you what happened to me. Some of y'all are going to be disappointed, but this is just the fact of the way it happened. I got a phone call this week, and there is legal action being taken against me. And, uh, and, and the, the phone caller said, if you want to know more about this, hit one. So I hit one, and, and a very foreign-sounding voice came on and said, I am having legal action taken against me by the IRS. And in fact, the police may be on their way to my house right now. <laughs> so I'm a little concerned about this, and they asked for my name. And uh, I was a little suspicious, maybe, you know. And I gave them a fictitious name, okay? And, and, and then they said, will you give us the last six digits of your social security number? And, and I said, well, you guys should already know this. He says, well, we just need to confirm. We just need to confirm that it's you. And I said, why do you need the last six? They only asked for the last four. And they said, just to confirm. And so I gave them, again, fictitious numbers. 
And then he gave me my case number, and I wrote it down, of course, because I wanted to remember it in case this is true. And I I wrote it down, and then he said, what was that case number? And I gave it back to him. And I think at this point, he's figuring that I'm really serious about this. And and then he begins to read the charges. He he said, well, you have 11 11 counts of money laundering. You have eight counts of bank fraud, and then there was wire fraud. And I said, whoa, 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 money laundering is illegal? I said, I've been doing that since COVID-19 because there are germs on money. He hung up on me. (laughs) The problem was there was no trust. I didn't trust him. And once, once he heard me, he didn't trust me. But see, that's how you begin to get to the place where you'll trust somebody is by knowing them and understanding who they are. I want to talk to you about the trust that we have. And the first trust, that I would say, is just saving faith. Saving faith is where you and I are willing to say, I'm willing to allow God to give me salvation. It says, Abraham believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abraham didn't have any righteousness of his own, just like we don't. And and Colby did a great job of reminding that of that today. And you know what? I'm very willing to let God deal with my eternity, uh, with my eternal life, with my eternity. But when it comes to my day-to-day living, can I tell you, it's a little bit different. I don't know about you, but it's hard sometimes. Think about this statement. If I'll trust God with my eternal life, okay, think about your eternal life. That could be a thousand years, a couple of thousand years, a few million years, an eon or two. I I don't know. If I'll trust God with my eternal life, trusting Him with my day-to-day living should be easy, right? But somehow it's not. Somehow it's not. So, you know, when it comes to day-to-day living for Jesus Christ, it's, it's hard. And so one of the things I will tell you is that we can build our trust. We can build our trust. In fact, trust can be grown. If you read Romans, the 10th chapter in verse 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you and I will get into God's Word, our faith will grow. What you're going to learn in God's Word is you're going to learn about who God is. You're going to learn that God is faithful. You're going to learn the power that God has. And once you're in there and you begin to get into it, you begin to understand who God is, it will actually drive you to your knees so you begin to talk to Him. And you know what? Once you have a relationship with somebody and you begin to understand who they are and what they can do, that's when you begin to trust them. That's why I didn't trust that guy on the phone. I had no relationship. Once I get into God's Word, I have that relationship and we begin to grow. And this is what you're going to find. This is what you're going to find is that God is always faithful. God is always faithful. And once I get into there and I read that God is always faithful, you know what? I'm willing to follow the covenant. I'm willing to do what the covenant says, and then I'm going to be blessed. This is my life verse right here. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. When I am believing that, when that is in my heart, when that is in my mind, you know what? I am firing on all cylinders. But when I'm not, it makes it harder on the day-to-day living and doing what God would have me to do. I had a staff member not too long ago, and they asked me this question, how do you get through the tough times? And that's where I went. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. I keep on relying on the faithfulness of God. 
Um, my daughter moved to San Francisco, and when she moved there, I knew we were going to have to go visit, okay? And I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew we were going to have to cross the Golden Gate Bridge at some point. And uh, I'm not crazy about heights. If Anybody with me here? I'm not crazy about going above the water about 300 feet and, you know, falling off the bridge to my death and freezing to death and all that good stuff. Just not excited about it. And I don't know about y'all, but I saw this in a younger time. It was a bridge that looked like the Golden Gate Bridge. And the wind hit it and the bridge did this and everything was flying off the bridge. And finally, after about uh, 10 minutes, it collapsed. And I'm thinking, I ain't going on that bridge, okay? That, that I, I actually thought it was the Golden Gate at some point, but it wasn't. It was a bridge in Tacoma, Washington. So once I found that out, I felt a little bit better about going across the Golden Gate, but I still wasn't going, okay? So I began to read about the Golden Gate Bridge. Now, i just tell you a few things I found out. This bridge is, it, it is built to withstand 100-mile-per-hour winds, but when the winds hit 60 miles per hour, they're shutting it down anyhow, Okay? And, and, and they have built in so many things that stabilize it and strengthen it that, that, that it is really very safe, probably safer than most roads that you're on. It's also built to withstand earthquakes, which I've been there with my daughter when they've had them. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm going, okay, okay, okay. And after I learned about that bridge, you know what? I got in that car and I trusted my entire weight and the family's entire weight, and the car's entire weight. How did I do that? By getting to know the bridge. How will I do what God asked me to do? By getting to know Him. Okay? That's where trust is built. When I have a relationship with the living God, I will trust Him, and I will do what He asked me to do. Are you with me? It's that simple. Covenant, trust, and the final one is blessing. This is the good part. This is God's favor for doing things His way. When you and I enter the covenant and we say, I'm going to do things God's way, when we trust Him and we do that, then comes the blessing. And I want you to see the blessings that we have. The very first one we've already talked about is eternal life eternal life. You and I get eternal life. Acts 4 and verse 12, salvation is found in nowhere, no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we, we may be saved. We must be saved. Salvation, okay? Salvation comes when we trust God in the covenant. And that's so important for us to have and to have that peace that comes to that. But there is so much more that we get in the covenant from God. The second thing is that, that we get to be a part of a bigger community. You and I get to be a part of a, something that's much bigger than us and something that's much bigger than Northridge. Listen to what it says. But you are a chosen people. I like that. I like to be chosen. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We sang about that just a few minutes ago, calling people out of darkness into light. That is our purpose in life. You are a part of something more than Northridge Christian Church. This town has an incredible group of churches. Uh, 
uh, Freedom Church, First United Methodist, First Baptist. Uh, you know, I could keep on naming the, all the different churches, Vaughn Chapel, Flipper Chapel. We are a part of something bigger, uh, a group of people that are doing something greater than we could ever imagine in changing the community and changing the world. On top of that, we are a part of a worldwide movement. You may not realize this, but we are in Mexico, we are in Haiti, we are in the Dominican Republic, we are in Kenya, we are in Scotland, we are in Ethiopia, we are, we are in Nepal. Okay, so I just tell you that we are making a difference around the world. And just the, 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 the idea that we are a part of something that's much bigger than us is a blessing to realize that it's not just about us. One more blessing, one more blessing. And this is kind of the all-inclusive, and it is just simply every spiritual blessing. This, this is what it says there, and, and, and this is from Ephesians 1.3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. That's Ephesians 1.3. Now, I want you to understand that because it's so important. The blessings that you and I have that come from, from Jesus Christ. First one is we get the Holy Spirit who lives in us and strengthens us and guides us. We have 24-7 access to our Creator. And we have been redeemed from our sins by the blood of Jesus. We have shalom. That's the peace that passes understanding. We have the riches of internal inheritance. We have forgiveness of sins. We have God's power. We have divine protection. And we've been made holy and blameless. And that's just to name a few. Okay? We are blessed. Covenant, that's agreeing to do what God says. Trust means that we will do it, and then what happens to us? We're blessed. You've heard it said, you've heard it said, that if it seems too good to be true, that it's just too good to be true. That if it seems too good to be true, it's too good to be true. That's not the case when you have a good God that loves you and wants the very best for you. And he knows what is best. And he says, if you'll do things my way, guess what? It is too good to be true. I will open up the blessings of heaven on your life. I was a freshman in college. I took the, uh, a class on the mission of the church. Bernard Riley, Dr. Riley, was the professor, and this is what he did. We had, in fact, I think it was my first test of my college career. He gave us a study sheet. It was one page, and he said, if you'll learn what's on this sheet, you'll do well tomorrow. Hmm. We got together that night, and we studied hard. We studied everything. We, we were well prepared for the test. So we got to class the next day, and this is what was given to us. It was the exact sheet that he had handed out the day before, and it just had about 15 blanks on it. All we had to do was fill in the blanks. That's what I got on the test. Why? Because I didn't do what he said. He said, study this sheet, you'll know what's going on. So, so there were a number of us that didn't do very well on the test. And, and then we get to class, he hands back the test, and, and he says, hey, this is what I want to do. He says, uh, when we meet next week, if you're not happy with your grade, you can take the test again. 
<laughs> you know, I'm not dumb. <laughs> I may have not done well on the test, but I'm not dumb. And you know what I did? I took that sheet and I memorized it. And when he handed that sheet back out with the blanks, I aced it. You know what that professor wanted? You know what Dr. Riley wanted? He wanted me to be successful. He wanted me to know the stuff on that sheet. And when I did, he blessed me. <laughs> he also was a professor that gave second chances. That's our God. That's our God. He wants to bless us. And if we mess up, he's a God that gives us a second chance. Covenant, you do it his way. Trust is how you'll stick to that covenant. And then you just bask in the blessings. And if you mess up, he says, do it over again. I love you and I want you to get it right so that I can bless you even Father, we thank you. We thank you for being a good God that is concerned for us. And Father, we thank you for the covenant that you offer. We thank you, Father, because you have stacked it in our advantage and you've done everything that you can so that we should be successful at it. So Father, I ask you to speak to our hearts today that we might hear what you're saying to us, that we might know that you love us and want the best for us and that, Father, we might put our entire trust in you. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Move us so that we can be in the protection of Jesus Christ and have the full measure of blessing that you want for each one of us. Speak to us now. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God wants to bless us if we'll do things His way. And I, I just encourage you today, if you need prayer about something, we'd love to pray with you. If it's about health, if it's about doing things God's way, and if you're here and you need to know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and you want to be baptized, we would love to do it. But this is what I want you to know. God loves you. And if you'll trust Him, He has a, he has a boatload of blessings for you peace, joy. You know, this week, yesterday, maybe you guys heard about this, Jeff Bezos. He's a, kind of a crazy rich guy, and uh, he's, getting a, he's got three seats on a rocket called the Blue Horizon. They're going to go into space. They're going to go into space for about eight minutes. The third seat is open in case anybody's interested. I think right now the cost on it is $28 million. Mm. How crazy is that? The commentator that I heard said, I, I guess maybe that person that's going to take that seat's just looking maybe for meaning in life. Can I tell you where you find meaning for life? It's in doing things God's way. I found meaning feeding kids in Haiti. I found meaning teaching pastors in Nepal. I found meaning, meaning helping people right here in this community. I found meaning being with young people. So that's my challenge to you today. Is where you let God determine what you're going to do and then enjoy the blessings he has. Let's stand and sing about his faithfulness. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. 
If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.